0: Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at My Church. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message.
1: to noon. Before we get started with the word today, I want to take a moment to be able to pray for the situation that is unfolding in Eastern Europe. If you are aware or have been following the news, Russia has a military advance towards the nation of the Ukraine. At this moment, uh, I was checking up on the news, over 200,000 refugees have left the nation of the Ukraine. And uh, the president of the Ukraine is still asserting that they are still in control of many of their major cities. And they are going to be meeting soon uh, in the country of Belarus with uh, uh, opposing forces. But what we want to be able to do is that regardless of where you might think or what your thoughts on this are, people are dying. People are suffering in all of this. And as... Followers of Jesus, our aim is to be able to pray for peace in this situation. We want to pray that peace uh, would be brought to this, this conflict. We want to pray that peace would stand in the face of those who would wish to escalate it to higher levels of conflict. And that those who have left their homes would be able to return to their homes safely. And so, and, and this is just for, for everyone that is involved in this, and even the people in the nation of Russia, for there are many people, normal citizens in Russia, who are against what is going on right now. And so, we want to be able to pray for peace in this situation because God is someone, He is the God of peace. And if he can and he can bring peace, he can bring hope to these people who need hope right now. So if you would bow your heads and close your eyes in this moment and let us intercede for the situation happening in Eastern Eastern Europe. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to be here today. We pray for the people of the Ukraine. We pray for the the nation that is suffering right now, whose many who have left their homes and many have lost their lives We pray for peace, God. We pray that this conflict would not escalate, this war would not escalate any further. We pray that the talks between leaders that is going to be happening soon would lead to peace, God. That you would... You would stand against the plans of those who are seeking after greed and power and domination, God, and that you would, in their place, protect the weak. Your word says you are a champion for the weak. You are the champion for those who are suffering. So in this moment, we pray for those who are suffering. We pray for those who are hurting. We pray for everyone who has been affected by those the situation for those who are protesting and have been thrown in jail, for families that have had to leave their homes, for people who have lost their lives and people who have lost loved ones and possibly lost homes and other things, God. We pray for comfort, we pray for hope, and we pray for peace, God. Because you are the God of peace and the champion for the, le- the-, the weakest, And we believe and we hope, God, that you would stand in the middle of this and bring hope. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray and believe. Amen and amen. Amen, amen. You can take a seat. Thank you for joining us here this morning. Um, Morning. I'm still not used to the fact that we've been meeting at 1 o'clock. I still every time come up here and say good morning, or, instead of afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, thank you for joining us here uh, here at Emmanuel Church, soon to be Safe Haven Church. Um, good, good good afternoon to those who are joining us online as well. So glad that you can be here today. Um, today I have uh, one more standalone message for y'all. Um, we haven't had a sermon series in a couple of months, and that's typically how we do things here with teaching. We talk on particular topics, our Bible topics, what we feel God is leading us to. And so far this year, we have not had a sermon series, but next month, the month of March, we are going to be returning to uh, a brand new sermon series that is going to be called, uh, the new, new normal, same Jesus, New normal, same Jesus, because we've been in a situation for the past couple of years. If you uh, know, of course, most of us know that we've been through a time where things have changed drastically and rapidly in our nation and around the world. And uh, we're living in a world that's probably never going back to the same normal that we once knew. But even though that is the case, we still believe that God is still the same and jesus is still with us and so we're going to be talking on that topic for the month of march for the month of march so i'm excited to be able to be sharing that with y'all uh there's a lot of other things coming up we will take time once a month to be able to revisit the vision that we are working towards as changing uh, as, as emmanuel church works to transition to um safe haven church and uh an update on that, last week we picked up an offering in our Spanish service and overall we picked up almost $1,000 in offering towards support for Safe Haven Church. So we are thankful for what God is doing and what God will do. We thank you, everybody who has given and will continue to give. Um, we are happy about that. And so we, we uh, yeah, I'm excited and we'll, we'll see what this year has for, has in store for us. But today... Today, I have a message that I want to share with y'all called Carriers of the Gospel. Carriers of the Gospel. And my main text for today is Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Uh, If you follow, uh, if you're one of your favorite artists is Lecrae, you probably heard the 116 crew. Uh, The 116. And this is the verse that they refer to, 116. Romans 1, 1, verse 16. And it's a very powerful verse. And this is where we're going to be at today. So if you follow along with me, it says this for I and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, just in case you have a different one. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. It's a very short verse. Very, very simple verse, but very powerful. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And so what I want to talk about today is we, how the, the idea that we are carriers of the gospel. And so before we understand what it means to be a carrier of the gospel, we have to understand first what is the gospel. It's a word that we use consistently as Christians but I think oftentimes is really unknown to most people maybe you've heard it or maybe you've heard the definition that the, the, the people say is the gospel is good news the gospel means good news and so that is that is true that that is part of its definition but we also understand the gospel as something different too we understand that the gospel is the message of of Jesus. What Jesus did and came to do, that is the gospel message. That's what we talk about. Some of you might understand gospel as a genre of music. Who doesn't love gospel music? It gets me pumped up, it gets me excited. The piano and the shouting and the dancing. It's like, oh yeah, I love gospel music. I love gospel music. And so maybe we know it as a genre of music, but there is so much depth in understanding what this word carries for us and what, how important it really is for us to understand it. For us to be able to not be ashamed of the gospel, we have to be understand what it is. And so we'll start with the word. We're going to start with the word gospel. What does it mean? And so uh, a typical definition a definition that people use for, the go- for gospel is that it means good news. And so the word gospel is an English word that has been translated from uh, Latin and from Greek. And so the original language of the New Testament that we have was written in Greek. And so the word gospel comes from the Greek word evangelion, which roughly translated means a good message. Or a good messenger. The idea of gospel is rooted in the culture of the people who would have understood hearing that word when Jesus said it. When he said gospel, he says, I come to preach the gospel of the kingdom. They would have instantly understood exactly what he was talking about. Because the gospel has deep roots in the culture of of Israel there. In Isaiah chapter 52 verse 7 there is a verse that maybe maybe some of you have heard it says how beautiful are the feet of those who carry the good news how beautiful the feet are of those that carry the good news and so a lot of times growing up I've heard this verse used in reference to people who are preachers, are, 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 are people that uh, you know preach the Word of God or teach the Word of God or, or anybody who might share uh, their testimony or share the Gospel with somebody. And it is in reference to that. And that is a good way of understanding what the Gospel is. It's more than just this good news word. It is related to someone who brings a good message. And so... You can you can you can use it that way, and we're not talking about just me. Like if you hear me say, oh, that's a gospel. That's a good good message. I hope you think that. I hope you like my preaching. If not, don't tell me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but but the thing about it is, is it, it, that's where it comes from. And so it comes from this idea, though, that in battle, when there was a war, or there was a conflict, and there was victory in that war there would be a marathon runner who would run from the battlefield back to Jerusalem to carry the good news that the war is over and that the battle has been won. And so that's the idea of Isaiah 52 verse 7. How beautiful are the feet? And and it's even contradictory because they would have to have run miles and miles in a marathon to be able to get there and probably their feet were swollen. (laughs) cut up dirty it's like how beautiful the feet it wasn't literally talking about how beautiful their feet were it was talking about it it, the fact that they have given their all to relay the message of the news of the good news and so it was often in reference to that something that was happening after a battle or things like that and so as Time has went on. The church has often used a lot of military terms uh, uh, to kind of define this. And it comes from this idea that there are some military terms that Jesus used or some seemingly military terms that Jesus used to describe this kind of thing. But it's interesting, though, because I think we have often twisted it we then take the gospel and then consider ourselves soldiers of some kind and make our purpose to be able to defeat some kind of enemy. And so we try to fight battles and we're trying to fight and we're, 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 we're doing all of this stuff to be able to, pr- to protect ourselves or to protect God even. Because that, that, that is something that I, I feel people do all the time. It's like, well, I have to defend the gospel. I have to defend God. Well, no, you don't. God can defend himself, you know. In that sense, it's it's funny to me. Because God is more than capable of doing things on his own and fighting battles on his own. Yet we have often found ourselves, uh, the church has often found themselves as a, a an army to defend God. And I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Have you ever been in a situation where someone has like, and, and I know this isn't related to battle or anything, but this is, this is like the closest in my mind I could get it. Have you ever been to like a restaurant or something and someone ordered for you without even asking you? And it's just like, they're like, well, they want this. How do you know that? That is not what I wanted. Or they try to speak for you in a situation or they look at you like uh, they, they, they try to speak over you in, in some kind of situation. You go to a doctor's appointment with a parent and you're trying to say something. And then your parents like, well, they need they, this. They need this. And it's like, but that's not what's happening. You know, we put ourselves in front of God and put ourselves as if we know exactly what he wants and exactly what we need. And we're f- trying to fight battles that God is not even fighting. We're trying to do things that God is not even asking us to do. And so we create this culture where we are these supposed to be these violent and strong people that are soldiers fighting a war. But see, the problem with that is that it misses the point of what the gospel was. The person that was running back as a carrier of the gospel wasn't a soldier, they were a messenger. They were the one relaying what had happened. They were the one now telling everybody, I am witness to the fact that the the battle is over. So we are messengers. The gospel is a message, and we are supposed to be messengers. Before we get into what that means, being a messenger, let's talk about what is then our message? What's, what's, what's the word? What's the good news? What's the word, Pastor? Anybody going to ask me that? No, it's okay. I ask myself. What's the word? Right, there you go. Amen. Amen. What is the good news? Because we have a message that we have been tasked with carrying to the people. We have a message that we have been given out to, to give and share with people. That is the good news. See, the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, and he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Now, you wouldn't believe it sometimes from the way some people try and share the message of Jesus. It's like, I have good news for you. You're going to hell. Excuse you? (laughs) That's good news? I don't think so. I I don't need that news in my life. I don't want that news in my life. That's not the good news. The good news is Jesus, who Jesus is, and what he came to do for us. Who Jesus is, and what he came to do for us. This is the gospel. See, Jesus came to our world and stepped into a place that we couldn't ourselves. He stepped in between us and sin. The things that we often struggle with and can't figure out how to defeat. He stepped in between us. He stepped in between an enemy that we couldn't defeat. Death and sin. He said, I'm standing in between that. The thing that you can't do, I'm going to do. He stood in a place where there had been a broken bridge, essentially, that would connect us to God. Yet because of the way the world had been up to that point, there was no access any longer. And Jesus stepped in to create access. His message... See, a lot of people think that the gospel simply is the message that Jesus died for our sins. But it's more than that. See, the first four books of the New Testament bear the title gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Those are the four gospels that we know of. And that's what we call them. They are the gospel. But why are they called the gospels? Because the story isn't that Jesus died. It isn't just that Jesus died. And it's not just that Jesus rose from the dead. Because that's often the picture that we focus on. And that is important. Yes, that is key to our faith and key to everything. But it is more than that. It is Jesus' life. It is his life, His death, and His resurrection. It was how He lived, how He loved, how He spoke, who he encountered, who he reached out to, what he did ultimately at the end of his life, and how he came back from the the pits of death. The gospel is Jesus' story. And when we focus on one part of it, we miss so much more depth to it. Because we can focus on Jesus' death, And miss the power of the resurrection. We can focus on the resurrection and miss the power of his death. We can focus on his death and resurrection and miss the power of his life. What he was trying to teach us and show us. The gospel's good news is that there is a way to be who God created you to be. To live out that image. To live out as a human being created in the image of God, here on this earth, here and now. It's not just about the future. It's not just about the past. See, because when we focus on death and resurrection, we focus on our past because God came to fix our past in terms of what we've already done, what we can't fix, our sin, our brokenness. He said, I came to redeem all of that and make you whole again. But when we focus on Jesus's life, we focus on our present, and, and, and what we we miss the present when we don't focus on it. Because then we're also just thinking about the future. And what happens is the gospel turns into a "get me into heaven" ticket, and that's all it is. And that's all people become concerned about. I, I've been in ministry for I don't I don't even know how long anymore. I'm like, I forgot how old I was. That's okay. Um, I'm 32, and I've been, I've been working in church ministry of some kind since I was like 14. I started in kids ministry and other stuff like that. But the, the thing that I've always seen, no matter where I've been, no matter how long I've seen it, is that most people in, in, in positions of kind of church leadership or anything are focused on getting people to say that prayer and say, I give my life to Jesus, and then that's it a lot of times churches churches drop the ball afterwards how, well okay i now believe in jesus but how do i how do i do that how do i live that i'm still here and that's what happens when we focus on the ending we miss the rest we miss how to live life we miss that even when there's mistakes and things in our lives, we get wrong, that there is a way to redeem and keep walking and learning and growing and be like Jesus. This is the gospel, that there is a better way to be human, there is a better way to love, that there is a better way to live, and ultimately that leads way down the future to a chance, uh, to, a, to a, not a chance, but an opportunity to be with Jesus in paradise. But it's holistic. It is a message. And that's why, and this is why it's called the gospel. See, it's good news. That's the good news. But why is it good news? Because the battle is already over. When Jesus was on the cross, he gave those final words and he said, it is finished. He said, I fought the fight. I I, I did what needed to be done, I I defeated the enemy, and now who you are, what you are supposed to do, is now be witnesses to that. Sure, life is hard, and there are difficulties, and we might have enemies. I had an arch enemy in high school. Like I'm not even joking about that. He called me called himself my arch enemy, and one day he's like. I'm I think we should no longer be enemies. And I'm like, I'm, that's you, friend. That's you. I don't know what you're talking about. But we keep trying to pick up our weapons and we keep trying to fight a battle that has already been won. See, what we are supposed to be is we are supposed to be carriers of the gospel, we carry the good news with us. In Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Jesus gives what is traditionally referred to in the church as the Great Commission. It is the mission that he gives the church, and he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and, and, see, we, we always say that part. Go into all the world. That's the most popular parts. We always, we never forget those parts. The most famous. Go into all the world. That's why we tell people, go, 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 be a missionary. I don't want to be a missionary. Go be a missionary. Give to missionaries. Do, do all that. That's good stuff. Go, go, sure. And make disciples. See, we forget about that part. It's like we go, we're going. We're telling people the gospel and make disciples. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll do that. And then we forget the last part. It says, and teach them everything that I have said and I have taught you on how to live. The gospel was more than just the life and the death, the death and the resurrection. It was the life and his death and everything that he said and he did. And we're supposed to be carriers of that. Because now he tells them, he says, basically here, I won the fight. You don't have to fight anymore. When you encounter the enemy of sin, you bring it to me because I already fought that battle. When you encounter the darkness that wants to destroy you, you bring it to me because I already defeated that. I'm not asking you to fight that. I will fight those battles. I have fought those battles, and they can't win against me. Against you? Yeah. Yeah, they can. It's like we are, you know, all I can think of is like YouTube boxers in this moment. They're trying to go against professionals. And like, yeah, some of y'all know who I'm talking about. They try to go against professionals who have been doing it their entire lives. You cannot possibly win those fights. Against an enemy who knows what they're doing, but God says, I did it. I beat it. I fought that fight. So why are you still fighting? You are a messenger. You are a witness to the good news that the fight is over. I said, it's finished. I took care of it. That doesn't mean that we're not going to have struggles, of course. That doesn't mean that we're not going to have difficulties in life. That doesn't mean that things are not going to feel like a fight in life, but that we have someone who already fought it and won. That's the gospel that we are supposed to testify to, testify with our story, what Jesus has done in our lives, what he has saved us from what he has uh, uh, given us and graced us with. Sometimes that story looks differently. Maybe you lived a life out in the world and, and you were like, I did all the things, I list all the drugs and all the stuff that you're not supposed to. I did all of that and Jesus saved me. And then maybe some of you are like me. I grew up in church. But that's grace too. I've still been saved. I've still been changed. My life is still changed. We testify through our story what Jesus has done in our lives. We testify by living out the life we've been, we've been shown. Jesus said, follow me. You know, and when, when, when the Apostle Paul wrote, he said, follow me as I follow Jesus. He said, because I can't always get it right, but I follow Jesus' example. He says, so our ultimate example is supposed to be Jesus. We live and testify through how we love and live our lives. If our life is characterized by love, then that's exactly what Jesus said, how they would know we belong to him. And he says, people will know you by how you love each other. And he wasn't just talking about people that are sitting next to you. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I love you. But it's not just those people. It's others, too. It's everyone who you meet, everyone who you walk with. It says when you walk in love, that is your gospel. That is the gospel there. That is you living the gospel. That is you carrying the gospel with you. We testify through God's power living in us when we make mistakes, when we fall, when we fail. And we hold on to Jesus and he picks us right back up and tells us, let's keep on going. Let's keep on going. Because we get it wrong sometimes. The gospel isn't that we won't get it wrong. The gospel isn't that we're perfect. The gospel is that we follow someone who knows and has done it right. He says, all you got to do is hold on to me. Hold on to me. Sometimes I get discouraged in life. And, and you know, as a pastor, I get discouraged. I'm a human being too. Things happen to me. Things, life happens to me. And I, I, feel, I feel like I cannot keep going. or I, I've done the wrong or I'm not doing things right. But the gospel is holding on to Jesus and keeping just taking that next step. Uh, a pastor who was a teacher of mine and a friend and mentor. He passed this last week to be with the Lord. And uh, Pastor David Segovia. And uh, just a couple weeks before this, I had an opportunity to have a brief exchange with him. And uh, he told me the same thing he always did. There was two things he always told me. One, you know, and Pastor Ruben would tell you this because he would always tell them this too. He's like, one, you're the man. He'd always tell that's everybody. You're the, man, you're the man. You're the man. And the other thing he would always tell me is he would often tell me that he was proud of me. And the last thing uh, in that brief exchange he told me, he says, this is, mijo, I'm proud of you. Keep doing what you're doing. And I felt so encouraged in that moment because I had been going through a time where as we have been getting ready for the, like talking about the, the launch of safe haven and transition that we're doing. I felt discouraged thinking I don't know that I'm doing everything right that I should be doing. And I, I felt those words and I was like that is the gospel lived out in this man who showed love And when he didn't even know what was going on in my life, yet showed love and said, keep doing what you're doing. I don't always get it right, but I can keep on going. This is the gospel. How Jesus has changed us, how Jesus walks with us, how Jesus picks us up, how he helps us and strengthens us and helps us to be those witnesses. We don't always, life is hard and we're going to fight what we call battles in our lives, but he has ultimately won the battle. Jesus said to his disciples, he says, in this life, you will have trouble." Don't we hate that? Like, we, we like all the nice promises of the Bible. We're like, God's going to bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. He's going to give you the desires of your heart. Like, we like those good words, but Jesus also said, I promise you, there's going to be problems. He says, but take heart. Hold on. I already won. I already won the fight. I already won the battle. And this, this is the gospel. This is the good news. And we are called to be carriers of the gospel in a world where there is nothing, where it seems like there is nothing but bad news. I had to stop watching like regular news a long time ago in my life, because all it was, was bad news. And then one piece about how fluffy this puppy is. But then, you know, then it's just more bad news. There's so much. You know, and I I like to know what's going on in the world around me. And so I, I have other ways that I had to figure out to get news to me. But like regular news channels, I'm like, that's just too much negativity for my soul. In a world that is saturated with bad news. World that is saturated with bad news, and you know, sometimes my grandma would be that way too. She's like, "Did you hear about the people that died?" And I'm like, "What people? Like in China?" I'm like, "Oh my God! I thought you were talking about somebody we knew or something." Like over in I don't even know where. There's nothing but bad news. But in a world that's full of bad news. In the world that's full of darkness and hatred, we are to be carriers of gospel. We're supposed to be carriers of light. Jesus said, be a light like a city on a hill that everyone can see. Be that light in the darkness so that people have something to hope and hold on to and all of that. That is the gospel. We are carriers of, of hope and so we have to watch ourselves we have to watch how are we carrying out the message are we fighting battles that we don't need to be fighting are we making enemies of people that we don't need to be making enemies of we're supposed to be sharing the gospel this love this news with everyone we meet and we cannot do that if everyone we meet is some enemy to be conquered Let us be carriers of the gospel. Would you stand with me this afternoon? I'll leave you with the words of Jesus. At 30 years old. So if you feel like you haven't accomplished anything in life, know that Jesus didn't start his ministry until he was 30. You got time. At 30 years old, Jesus stood up in a synagogue and he said these words. And I think this is a good bar to hold ourselves to when it comes to how we should be carriers of the gospel. He said this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. This is the gospel that Jesus lived out. He came to set people free, give sight, bring healing. Give freedom to those who are oppressed, not just spiritually, but he also set people free from binds and red rules and things that people had weighted down on them. And he says, "No more. You are free." He came to set us free from sin. He came to challenge those who would oppress and hate control and says, here I am to proclaim the good news. And that should be what we aspire to every day. To wake up in the morning and say, I am a carrier of the gospel today. I am here to proclaim the good news. To anyone who I might meet, because we don't know what everybody is going through, but we know everybody could use a little hope in their life, a little more love in their life. That is my challenge today. Let's remind ourselves. Carriers of the gospel, I carry the good news with me wherever I go. So if you would pray with me today, let's pray and ask God to help us be better at that. God, we ask you right now in this moment. First, to forgive us if we have made the gospel anything other than the good news than the life, the death and resurrection, than the hope, the freedom, the love that you have offered the world, if we have made it anything other than that, forgive us. And now teach us. Holy Spirit, like you said in the word, empower us, not only with words to speak, but with gifts of the Spirit, to show power and witness to what has happened. Let us be strong in love above all else. As your word says, let us clothe ourselves in love. And so wherever we go, whoever we meet, give us opportunity, Jesus, to be carriers of the gospel, to show the love to those who need it, to stand with those who are oppressed, to stand with those who are suffering, to sit with them, to cry with them, to weep, to grieve, to offer a hand of hope. God, help us to be the light in the world, the carriers of the gospel, the carriers of the light in the darkness. Lead us in that path, Jesus, lead us in that path. We thank you, we thank you. If you need-
0: We hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at myemanualchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemanualchurch.com slash Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.